What's going on, guys? I want to thank TopNotchOdds.com. Great online sportsbook. Uh, if you're looking to add a sportsbook, uh, I always talk about this. It's important to have more than one. If you're just shopping around at one book, one website, you're, you're going to lose a lot of money in the long run. So you, you can save 5, 10, 15 cents on the dollar just by shopping around. And we all know how thin the margin for error is in doing this. So do yourself a favor and just save yourself the hassle by saving that much more money every bet and shopping around. Uh, if you do add a book, I recommend making it topnotchodds.com because they're easy to deal with. I talk, I've talked about them now for a couple months. Uh, you can get your money in easy, whether you use uh, MoneyGram, Bitcoin, credit card, and get your money, what's more important, get your money out <laughs> just as easy, right? Uh, they're going to have a ton of bets before the game, lots of live betting options as well. So topnotchodds.com on Twitter at topnotchodds. And when you're signing up, put in promo code SHARP. Edge that lets them know you heard about them right here, and you can get up to a 200% deposit bonus online. Topnotchodds.com promo code SharpEdge. What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast on today's show, NFL Friday. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle every day on your favorite podcast player. All right, so on today's show, we're going to go through uh, all four games, uh, give you guys my uh, thoughts on uh, AFC, NFC divisional matchups. I will have one best bet of the weekend, and I will save that for last. Also, we're going to have uh, Jacob Reb, a handicapper, professional handicapper. He is uh, pretty good uh, this year in the NFL. He does daily fantasy sports. We've had him on a few times before, so he's going to come on and break down his uh, best picks of the weekend as well. So we'll get him on to end the show. Um, as I said, my best bet will... will uh, I'll, I'll save that for the end, actually. We're going to go last there. And my favorite game is San Francisco-Minnesota, which is the first game this weekend. We always go chronological order, and we will do so again today. But like I said, my best bet I'm going to save for the end. So we're going to do uh, San Fran-Minnesota last. Let's start then with Tennessee-Baltimore, the second game on Saturday. This is going to be 8-15 Eastern on CBS. Baltimore, 10-point favorites right now. Actually, nine and a half point favorites. If you, I actually did the interview with Jacob uh, before I recorded this, and I thought it was ten for Baltimore, but I think it's come down to nine and a half since uh, since I even started doing prep for this show. We, I am recording this right now about four o'clock Eastern on the tenth. So right now, Baltimore minus nine and a half, and uh, I think actually where you start this game is with New England, and if you can answer how good the Patriots are or were last week, it's going to get us a long ways in, in evaluating how good Tennessee or how prepared Tennessee is to go on the road and face Baltimore. Because if you think New England was, and, and I frankly don't really have a great answer to this question. That's why this is one of my better bets. I'm not going to have a bet on this game this weekend. But I mean, for the, for the first, what, 14 weeks of the season, New England had inarguably the best defense I mean, it wasn't even close. They had a great defense, and they were making things happen on offense enough to at least win games. Eleven and two, eleven and three through the bye week. I mean, it was they were doing well. There was no reason to believe that New England was going to drop off the way they did. So, if you think that New England was suddenly you know fell off a cliff and and they were playing as if they were maybe the twentieth best team in the NFL, right? If they if they got their seating 
based on earlier results dropped off and then obviously, you know, here we are, then that's fine. That's one opinion. The other would be that the Patriots were just as strong as they have been all year. They were waiting for the playoffs, waiting to make that playoff push, and the offense just couldn't get them over the hump. The defense played pretty well. Let, let, let's remember, they held uh, New England's defense held Tennessee to, I think, 2.3 yards per play and zero points in the whole second half. So if you think New England was as good as advertised throughout the season at least defensively, then that would mean that Baltimore is probably going to be in for a bit of a fight here with Tennessee. If Tennessee was facing a team last week that was down, depleted, not ready, then they're going to get, I mean, probably blown out this game. So I think if you can answer the New England question, which is, it's funny we're starting with New England about the Tennessee-Baltimore game, you're going to answer a lot about this game as well. The last half of the season for Tennessee, by the way, they've had a top 10 offense. They've had the number one explosive, uh, most explosive passing offense, according to DVOA, and Ryan Tan- since uh, Ryan Tannehill started, and things are just opening up for Derrick Henry. If you can throw the ball with this offensive line and Derrick Henry, you're going to be successful on offense. So I believe that last week they were exposed a little bit. I think New England showed that in the cold weather, in, in, in that sort of a situation, Ryan Tannehill did regress a little bit. And I know that Bill Belichick had placed had uh, played Ryan Tannehill about 13 times in his career before that, but still, it's not a great spot for Tannehill to be in. And I think Baltimore's going to take advantage of that. Baltimore, we all know about this great offense, but defensively, this is a very good defense since Jimmy Smith returned. And it's funny we're talking about Jimmy Smith because the guy went to CU, and uh, it, it's, it's I kind of like it. We're talking about a... Uh, him being one of the X factors here, but it's true on defense. Without him, they were, I mean, far below average in many metrics. With him, they're above average in those same uh, statistics. They're fourth in turnovers with him, third in adjusted rushing. All right, here's the thing. They are, they're 22nd in the league in adjusted uh, uh, rushing yards per play, but with Jimmy Smith in the lineup, they go all the way down to third. It's crazy how much that things change with him in the lineup. And it's not necessarily just one player makes everyone better, but it's that him in the lineup allows that one-on-one coverage on the outside so everyone else can kind of do their jobs in the middle of the field. Uh, I think he's a, he's a big deal. So Baltimore's defense, probably going to excel this game. If I had to lean, I'd probably go Baltimore 9.5. But that is, if you think I'm going to take 9.5 or 10, in an NFL uh, divisional game, regardless, I mean, you're, you're crazy, right? Right? Don't you have to be? At least I think you do to, to, to fade Tennessee in this spot. So uh, that's pretty much all I have for the Saturday night game. I don't have a lot for that game, to be honest. I don't love much about it. I'm, I'm up in the air. Baltimore, the, the huge spread. Uh, that's what I got for that game. All right, let's go on to Sunday. Houston at Kansas City. This game's at 3.05 Eastern on CBS. Kansas City right now, 9.5-point favorites at home. Kansas City's improvement on defense throughout the year is the most notable thing to me with this team. We all know about the offense, how good Patrick Mahomes is, how good, how explosive they could be on offense. It's 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 crazy to me. Eric Bieniemy keeps getting passed up for head coaching opportunities. He's great as it, it, it the offensive coordinator with Kansas City, and I think we all know about Andy Reid and his past. So the offense speaks for themselves. They're healthy. They're ready. They're good. They're going to score a lot of points this game. Their defense, though, has been really impressive to me if you look at the last half of the season. Weeks one through eight, I mean, Kansas City was dead last in rushing yards per attempt, adjusted rushing yards. They were 16th against the pass. And since then, weeks nine through, well, now, they're top 10 in all those categories. They're top five in rushing yards. I mean, this defense has really improved throughout the year. 
Houston's offensive line was really bad last week, too. I mean, they allowed pressure on 50% of the dropbacks for Deshaun Watson. He got his playoff win. I think the monkey's off his back talking about Deshaun Watson, but I, I, I really don't think they create the same magic they did last week here in Kansas City this week. Again, it's nine and a half. It's a lot of points. I don't want to take this. I don't love this. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to give it out on the show. I would lean KC, but it's just too many for me to take. So again, Houston's offensive line, no good. The improvement from Kansas City's defense has to be noted. And the thing is, a lot of the times when the market makes these lines, they'll take in statistics from an entire year. Hell, a lot of times they'll take in statistics from a year plus. and They'll go back a season and a half. So the idea that Kansas City's been playing so well the last six, seven games helps us identify a little bit of value there with that defense. Uh, if Kansas City gets the lead here and Houston has to abandon the running game, I do lean over as well. But uh, no bet this game. Lean Kansas City. Uh, I don't think Houston really shows up at all. They got lucky to beat a, a, a really, I think, lucky to be their Buffalo team last week. All right, uh, last game of the weekend, Seattle at Green Bay. Uh, Sunday night, 640 Eastern on Fox. To me, the uh, main thing here is Green Bay is going to be rested. I mean, the statistics for teams who have the bye week and come into this uh, uh, divisional round fresh, they're overwhelming. But Green Bay, allowing them the extra week, I just think it's going to help them. Look, Seattle, last week they said they were going to feed Marshawn Lynch, right? We heard Pete Carroll come out and say, give Marshawn the ball, feed Marshawn, feed Marshawn. He had 17 carries for 19 yards. So I just don't trust Seattle to be able to impose their will with the running game. However, I do think Seattle is going to be able to throw the football and uh, score through the air on Green Bay. Green Bay is being outgained this season, which is crazy for a team that has three losses on the year. I couldn't believe that when I read out Green Bay has been outgained on the year. And really, when you dive into the stats, Green Bay, for having the elite record, 13-3, and you may think this is a very, very good football team. They're, I'm not that impressed by Green Bay. They're 15th in rushing. So when I was looking at these stats, and I saw they were 15th in rushing, my first thought was, okay, that means they've got to be great in passing. Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, they're probably airing it out. Give me a top five passing offense, at least. They're 17th in passing. They're 17th in the NFL in first downs. And by the way, if you look at Seattle in those three categories, rushing, passing, and first downs, uh, Seattle is fourth. Green Bay is 15th. Seattle, 14th in... uh, uh, Okay, I should clarify. Seattle's fourth in rushing. Green Bay, 15th. Seattle's 14th in passing. Green Bay, 17th. Seattle's eighth on first downs. Green Bay, 17th. So... I mean, I just really believe that Green Bay is very overrated. The statistics say so. And a lot of the sharps, a lot of the the wise guys are saying that Seattle's the overrated team here. And I have a hard time believing that. So what I'm going to do is take Seattle in a teaser. And, uh, oh, God, I just, okay, so I'm going to actually, yeah, I'll give it away. And I'm going to save my full teaser for uh, when we have Jacob on. But I'm going to put Seattle in there because I think even if Green Bay does win, they're not going to pull away. The whole idea that Green Bay is going to hang 41 on Seattle and they're not, and Seattle's not going to keep up, I just don't buy it. So give me Seattle. And kind of a teaser there is uh, one of my favorite teaser options of the weekend. Even though they may not get, get it going on the ground, I still believe Seattle keeps it close and maybe even wins this thing. All right, now let's get on to my best bet of the weekend, and it goes back to the first game of the weekend, San Francisco hosting the Minnesota uh, Vikings. This is at 435 Eastern on Saturday, as I said. This game's going to be on NBC. San Francisco right now, seven-point favorites, and my best bet, my pick, is Minnesota plus the seven points. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to start right here. I'm going to start with Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. It's a great place to start because – 
I always hear about Kirk, how he how he doesn't play well in prime time, how he shrinks in the big game. Well, he looked pretty good last week in the playoffs. And here's the thing. In prime time, there's a lot of quarterbacks who have up and down uh statistics in prime time. You go back and look at, I don't care whether it was Terry Bradshaw, John Elway, Dan Marino, uh, uh, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. I mean, we're talking recent, recent legends. These guys were all like 500 in prime time. You know why? Because prime time usually has two good teams. It's never you know, the, the, the Jets. I mean, unless it's Monday Night Football, who no one gives a shit about. And you know, it's kind of hysterical how much the NFL gives ESPN a middle finger with those awful Monday night games. But usually prime time is going to mean good matchups. So it, it makes sense that a lot of good quarterbacks don't have great prime time records. I don't really hold that against Kirk Cousins. By the way, this year, 2019, in prime time games, Kirk Cousins, 65% completion, four touchdowns, one interception. He's throwing for 260 yards a game with a quarterback rating just under 100. No, I know that's not great, but it's not going to lose you any games. And yes, Kirk tends to play conservative early in games, checkdowns. But the thing is, once they open it up, and not only open it up with the way Kirk's going to play, I believe he's going to throw downfield and try and actually go vertical more early in the game. But I think the play calling is going to open up too. I mean, Minnesota rushes the ball more than any other NFL team on first and second down. So... Going into this game, if you just look at tendency, you may think they're just going to pound the rock. But that's Minnesota regular season. I think the coaching staff is well aware you have to mix things up in the playoffs. So expect a change of tendency from Minnesota. And, by the way, Minnesota is the number one efficiency team passing on second down. So if they have to break trend, it's going to be good for the Vikings. Dalvin Cook, by the way, is 100%. Them sitting Dalvin Cook was precautionary. It was to ensure health for the playoffs. It was never because Dalvin Cook was too hurt to play. I guarantee you, if Minnesota had to win their last two games, Dalvin Cook's playing. Uh, Everyone's talking about Dalvin Cook. Can you really bet on him? He's limping back. Limping back is what I read on ESPN. Uh, Limping back. He had 28 carries for 94 yards and two touchdowns last week. That doesn't look like limping back to me. They've got the number seven offensive line, according to Football Outsiders. So I think Dalvin Cook has success this game. And Minnesota, by the way, let's get on to their defense. When they do give the ball back to San Francisco, this is the fifth best defense in the NFL, according to DVOA. I mean, this is they're elite defensively. They're very, very good. Fourth in interception percentage. Eighth in sack percentage. Fifth in fumbles forced. And maybe the most important, number one in penalties. And that includes penalty yards. They've done all that while having the ninth toughest schedule, according to Football Outsiders. And let's just stay right there while we transition over to San Francisco. Because San Francisco, I believe, had the much easier schedule. Their cross-division opponent was the NFC South, which had one team over 500, the Saints. And San Francisco went 4-12 and last year. So they had the third-place uh, the, the third schedule, which, yes, included Green Bay, but also included Carolina, who they got when they were down, and Washington. I mean, San Francisco started the year 8-0. They looked unstoppable. Since then, 5-3 and with very pedestrian numbers. And Jimmy G this season has 13 picks, which is more than Sam Darnold, Kyler Murray, Mitch Trubisky, Josh Allen, Derek Carr, not Jameis Winston, but that's still a bad list. San Francisco is also dead last 
in the NFL in intended air yards. So that's how far they're just intending to throw down the field. And this is important because if you look at air yards or, or depth of passes or, or how deep passes are going, so on and so forth, some of those stats can be skewed based on yards after catch. This is how, lo- how far the quarterbacks are intending on throwing it down the field. San Francisco, dead last in the NFL for intended air yards. So, look, I'm not saying San Francisco's bad, right? <laughs> I'm not saying this is a bad team. San Francisco is a seven-point favorite in the NFC Divisional Round, and they're 13-3 overall, okay? I'm just saying. They're not as good as everyone thinks. Now, defensively, they're great statistically, but that's, that's against the pass. They're number two, according to DVOA, against the pass, number 11 against the rush. What do you think Minnesota's going to do? Come out and throw it, 30, or throw it 45 times with Kirk? I doubt it. So I just don't see the matchups here to allow San Francisco to pull away and win by more than a touchdown. By the way, uh, uh, if you look at special teams, San Francisco is also dead last in the NFL in uh, adjusted punting yards, uh, both uh, for and against. So look, overall, I think San Francisco is a very good team, but we're getting an inexperienced head coach. I'll take certainly uh, Mike Zimmer in the head coaching matchup here. A underrated team with an underrated quarterback in Minnesota. The plus seven on the road. I just think it's too many points for a team that went on the road in a more hostile environment last weekend as a fa- as a nine point underdog and got the outright win. So I do like uh, Minnesota plus seven for my best bet of the weekend. All right, let's waste no more time. Get on to our interview for uh, today's podcast. His name is Jacob Reb. He is a sports betting writer for Win Daily DFS. And he was the number one MLB handicapper uh, for PickCity.com last year for the MLB. So he's very good. He knows his stuff, especially in the NFL. Give him a follow on Twitter at PickManagement. Let's go to him right now. All right, Jacob, uh, how you doing, man? I am doing great. How are you, sir? Not too bad. We got a full weekend of NFL football coming up. And, of course, we're going to get you on to uh, get your best picks of the weekend. So let's just get into it and go chronological order. First game, Saturday, 435 Eastern, Vikings at the 49ers. What are you thinking for this game? Uh, I'm thinking that I hate Kirk Cousins. Uh, <laughs> um no, I honestly, um, I like San Fran minus the points. Um, I just don't think Minnesota is going to be able to keep it up. Um, you know, last week they were, um, you know, in a, playing in great conditions um, at New Orleans on turf. Now they're going outside and Kirk Cousins doesn't have a great record playing outside. Um, and I think it's going to slow down the run game. Dalvin Cook is not going to have a, a week like he had last week. Um, especially with San Fran getting Quan Alexander and hopefully D Ford back. Um, I think that's going to help the line a lot. Um, and Thielen's injury is a real concern to me. He's got stitches on his ankle right where his Achilles tendon is. And that's got to be uncomfortable. It's rubbing on your shoe. And I mean, it's not like it's a scratch. You have stitches, you know, that, that takes time to heal. There's no amount of, um, you know, medical staff or, you know, cryotherapy or anything that can help that it's an open wound that you have to have stitched up and it hurts. Um, and I really think that's going to, uh, hurt Kirk cousins passing game a lot. Um, especially since last week, 50% of his passing yards went to feeling. Uh, so, you know, it's a concern for me. I really like Sam Fran. I'm going to be throwing them in a teaser that I'm going to, uh, give out at the end. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't like it. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has had two weeks to prepare, uh, and I just see his offense scoring plenty of points here. Uh, I think the 49ers um, 
you know, really, really take it to Minnesota. All right, game two tomorrow, Titans at the Ravens. Uh, Ravens a heavy favorite at home. I think it's, is it nine and a half or ten right now? Uh, I still have it nine and a half. Nine and a half points. By the way, we're recording this on uh, Friday the 10th at about 3.30 Eastern time, or excuse me, 4.30 Eastern time. Uh, so right now, nine and a half. What do you like in this game? Um, I'm sticking with the favorites. Um, I like Baltimore minus the nine and a half. Um, I think the line's actually going to go down a bit as it gets closer with a lot of people taking this, you know, big amount of points with Tennessee. Um, I know even though Baltimore's, you know, a lot of people are jumping on, I I really think closer to game time, we're going to see a lot of people jumping on Tennessee. Um, so I have a couple interesting trends um, that I'd like to talk about first uh, that, you know, relate to this game. Uh, one really interesting kind of weird one um, on Saturday games in this round of the playoff, the last 10 seasons, uh, the home team has been 18 and two straight up and 15 of five against the spread. Uh, I think that's a, that's a big deal. That's a, that's a heavy trend with a lot of backup to it that you got to remember. Uh, the other thing is Baltimore's D has really picked up lately. They held five playoff teams to under 20 points since the defense started to pick up. And eight of the last 10 wins have been by double digits. Lamar Jackson, I know he doesn't have the best arm, but he does have an arm. Uh, you can remember at Louisville when he played in those big games, he was able to throw the ball down the field. Then we've seen it happen this year a few times. He's had 43 touchdowns in 15 games this year. That is a heavy, 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 uh, you know, offense and run game that they present. And I, and I see it being a real challenge for Tennessee. The other thing about Tennessee is Tannehill needs to perform better. Uh, I know he's had a you know great season, but he completed eight passes last week for 75 yards. And I understand that it was against a, you know, good New England defense, but that New England defense isn't the same defense that they were at the beginning of the year. So I don't think you can put as much credit into that. Uh, And I I just really think you're going to need to see a better effort from Tannehill. Uh, I don't think Henry can, you know, run like that again. He's not going to have 180 yards rushing, uh, especially against his Baltimore defense. And I I just, you know, this is the Ravens year. I I see them being able to name the score in this game. Talking to Jacob Reb, sports betting writer at Win Daily DFS. Give him a follow on Twitter at Pick Management. All right, let's get on to Sunday's games. Texans at the Chiefs. What do you think in this one? I don't have a play on this game. Um, this is the one I'm going to stay away from. Uh, it just, you know, I, I see Kansas City definitely getting the win, but about the number, I'm just not sure, uh, you know, which side to take. Uh, uh, Houston came back last week. Um, they looked good doing it. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I don't have much on this. Um, if the if he, if Casey gets out to an early lead, uh, I don't see Houston being able to to come back against them. Uh, especially if Will Fuller's not on the field, that's going to depend a lot. I know they say he's going to be back, but until I know for sure, did they say for sure if he was back? I, I I'm not sure if he's going to be back. I haven't checked yet. I mean, I haven't seen oh. an update. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, without him on the field. Um, Deshaun Watson's uh, passer rating, deep play passer rating goes from like 34% to 42%. So he makes a big difference when on the field. Um, You know, the backup guys that they have going deep just aren't the same as Will Fuller. Um, And I know that the Texans went into Kansas City and won earlier this year, um, but I just don't see it happening a second time. 
All right, and then the last game on Sunday, Seahawks, the Packers, uh, two experienced quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, 30 playoff games between the two of them. Uh, what do you like here in the last game of the weekend? Uh, well, the one thing I think we need to look at first is what's going on with the line. Um, this line opened at three and a half and was immediately jumped on. Um, you know, four Seahawks people were taking the points, and we have two-thirds of the bets right now are on Seattle. Uh, but even with that, the line actually moved up to four and now four and a half. Um, so that's something, you know, you really got to look at it. I see some real sharp money on Green Bay and a contrarian pick. Uh, and, and I like that. I like Green Bay minus the points in this. Um, Seattle's just one and six on the road versus Green Bay um, in history. Uh, and even though Seattle's eight and one on the road this year, uh, including six, two and one against the spread, I just don't see it happen. And they just don't have a run game. Derrick Henry, I don't know if I told you, I don't know if you watched that game, you know, he, he did not live up to expectations of his old self, um, and I just don't see it happening. I don't see them having uh, the kind of game, and I, I know Russell Wilson's a contender for the MVP this year, but Aaron Rodgers is running out of time to win that Super Bowl, and he wants it. You know, I don't know how many more chances he's going to get. So when it comes down to it at home in Green Bay, um, I'm going to take Green Bay minus the points and uh, hope they win. Uh, good stuff, man. Thanks for your time. Again, he is Jacob Reb, sports betting writer for Win Daily DFS. He was the oh, wait, number I, one. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, oh, whoa, hey, whoa. Don't hey, cut me whoa. off so fast. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I got a teaser I want to give out. Oh, we're, we're getting – all right, let's 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 get crazy here. Let's get a teaser. By the way, I also have a teaser that I have not mentioned yet. So let me hear your teaser. I'll tell you mine I placed earlier in the week, and uh, we'll talk teasers here. Let's see what you got. Sure. Um, so my first one, San Fran down to one, and uh, and, and uh, KC down to three and a half. Uh, I do think that, you know, with KC winning, um, I think it's going to be by more than three and a half, but probably less than nine and a half. I see like maybe a touchdown. Okay. So I'm going to go with that. And then I have a super teaser. I'm oh. taking all four favorites plus 12 points. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you all get it four at, you, plus at, the 12. You, you, yeah. You get that. it at minus 130, which isn't bad. Uh, and I really like, you know, I know the past few years road teams have done well in this round, but historically they don't. And uh, I like the favorites to all advance here. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to do a super teaser on that as well. What was your uh, first one? Kansas City and who else? And San Fran. In San Francisco. Oh, that is funny, man. We are... Uh, okay, so I have... My teaser that I have is... And I don't know, because I think that the uh, Baltimore line has moved to 10. Or no, you know what? We, we actually clarified that earlier. It's still 9.5, you said. For some reason, I keep thinking it's 10. It's not. So I have Baltimore from 9.5 down to 2.5. And, and I've got... Obviously, it's uh, uh, 7. And then I've got Seattle... Oh, crap. You know what I did, actually, Jacob? Is hmm. I made this when it was 8.5, so it's not even applicable because I had Seattle up to 10.5 as well from 4.5 to 10.5 and, and Baltimore from 8.5 to 2.5. But that line was gone on, I mean, Tuesday or, or Wednesday. Grab a seven-point teaser. Yeah, I know. You go, I know. What goes from what, minus 110 to minus 115? Yeah, it's yeah. not that bad. Yeah, so it would go... Uh, uh, Baltimore down to two and a half, and then Seattle would go up to eleven. Then, 
Yeah, so you get thing. through that. You get through ten. Yeah, and, and I already talked about this on the pod, but my my whole thing with Seattle is I just believe that it's going to be close either way. I mean, I, I think that Green Bay. Look, they've had good stats this year, thirteen and three. Obviously, the buy helps incredibly. You mentioned the history there; that can't be ignored. But even if if Green Bay does find a way to win, I just don't think they pull away. Seattle's defense has struggled, it seems, getting to the quarterback. But I really think that the Jadavion Clowney, him up and down, like going back to college, what's the one thing everyone said about Jadavion Clowney? It's that he gives a lot on third and long when he knows he can get to the quarterback and he just doesn't care a lot of the other downs. So I think when he gives a little bit more of an effort, they have more of a scheme to stop those running backs and tight ends. I just think the defense isn't going to allow Green Bay to win by that margin. So that's why I felt comfortable putting Seattle there. So I got Baltimore... Uh, with uh, the two and a half and Seattle ten and a half. So, what do you think of that? I, I just don't think Seattle has an offense. That's been my problem with them all year. I mean, I, I'm a you know I'm a big fantasy player, fantasy football, NBA, all that. Um, and DK Metcalf is a guy I stay away from every single week, and there's a reason for it. It's because he hasn't played well all year. Uh, I know he went off last week, um, and I you know I know got Tyler Lockett and Jacob Hollister. But what have they really done this year? You know what I mean? Um, you know, DK Mac- Metcalf is averaging, you know, four catches a game. Um, I just, I, and so was Tyler Lockett, like four and a half catches a game. So I just don't see them having the offense to do it. And um, I know that Aaron Rodgers can make magic happen at home. And that's kind of what I'm putting it in. Good stuff today, man. Always love having you on the show. We good to go? Can I get you your bio and uh, get you out of here or what? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, no props, no, uh, no parlays. What, what? Oh, I actually, I actually do oh. have a prop bet. <laughs> Get out of here. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Every every team to score a touchdown and a field goal plus four thirty. I think a points bet. You're the best, man. He's Jacob Reb. He is a sports betting writer at Win Daily DFS. He was the number one MLB handicapper at PickCity.com. He is currently on a seven and two streak. And if you want some access to that seven and two streak, give him a follow on Twitter at Pick Management. Jacob, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, cash big. All right, good stuff there from Jacob. It should be a fun weekend. Good luck, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle, every day on your favorite podcast player.